Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today's jam is all about taking radical responsibility to create the truest you. And I have the most incredible guest today. She is a mother of three, co-host of the This Feels Important podcast. And truly a woman on a journey back home to herself, sharing what she learns along the way. Miss Carrie Keating, welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. It is such an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, Carrie. I, every time that I'm in a room with you, I feel inspired by you. Every time I look at your social media, I feel empowered by your truth sharing So having you in what I consider my sacred space and sharing your story is truly a blessing, truly an honor. Honestly, it's been quite some time since we have been in a room together. I don't even know, like uh, six years, seven years, I don't even know. But um, a lot has changed in both of our lives. Mm -hmm. So we'll bring some of that to light. But I would love to share a little kind of flashback to how we met. Okay. Because I think it will help our listeners lean into a really powerful conversation around this topic, if that's okay for you. Of course. Let's go. Cool. Cool. So I met you, as you know, at a women's conference about six or seven years ago, and we were both attendees, just general Mm -hmm. attendees, making our way through life. At this point, you were still with your husband, and I had just maybe separated from mine. And Then the following year, I see you in the lobby of the next year's conference and you casually, you know, I think you were running out to grab uh, a coffee or something like that. And you said, oh yeah, you know, you'll see me tomorrow speaking from stage. And my jaw just dropped. I was like, wow, oh my gosh. Because the year before I had met you and you were kind of leaning into the life coaching space. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like your energy is just amazing. And I loved you off the bat, right off the bat. So I remember just being so exciting for you. And at that conference, there's a lot of like life coaching type stuff that we learned, you know? Um, And they, a lot of them really speak about your passion and your purpose and trying to figure out like who the heck you are. And I love all of that. Or some people like building your business. There's just so many things that were in the room of really women trying to be who, who they wanted to be, but you got on stage (laughs) and instead shared a deeply vulnerable personal story about your husband cheating on you with your best friend or a friend or someone uh, close to you. It was a woman I knew. A she woman you knew. Yeah. She, I would, I wouldn't call her a friend, obviously. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes. she was a woman that I had spent some time with and I did know. Yes. Fair, fair. Thank you for the clarity. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> that my heart stopped And my jaw dropped because here I am thinking like, whoa, she's going to share about like all these things and magical, mystical things in her life, you know, and I'm just staring at this woman 
who is sharing so vulnerably. And here you are sharing your whole entire heart, shocking me. And I still remember this, like still gives me goosebumps. I still remember you sat there with hundreds of eyes on you and you could hear a pin drop in this space mm-hmm. and you pointed at the crowd. Maybe you just like gently hand gestured. I can't, but I felt like you were pointing like right at me. And I was like way back in the room and you didn't even know where I was sitting, but I felt like you pointed straight at me. And do you remember what you said? I, I remember a couple things that I said, uh, uh, where I think you might be going was like, don't feel sorry for me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Actually, you said, don't you dare feel sorry for me. Don't you dare be. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how do I not feel sorry? I feel so bad for her. I feel so sad for her. How come I didn't keep in touch? How come I didn't know I'm divorced too? Like all the things. And then it was immediately like, wow, that was so powerful. Hmm. I hope that you to this day know uh, that that statement shook me into strength. That statement has me still in awe because of the way that you just owned what had just happened in your life and it was so real and it was so raw and so I have to ask you like why did you decide to own that Mm. I have like full body chills (laughs) um (laughs) you know it's so interesting that was the first time that I had ever shared publicly what had been what had transpired at this point, I want to say it had been two years since finding out. Um, so it'd been a little bit of time Mm. and, um, yeah, it's like without going into the whole scenario, the moment that I found out, she called me and he was standing in front of me and I just had this lightning bolt moment it was like the whole room stopped, like everything around me. Like my kids were playing on the floor. I was cooking dinner. She gives me this call. She's it's like, I have been sleeping. Wait, all of this work that I had been doing on growing myself so that I could grow my business wasn't preparing me for a six figure launch or a, you know, like a sold out experience or speaking on stage. I mean, obviously it was preparing me for speaking on stage, but it was preparing me to have the capacity to hold myself in that moment. Mm. And I didn't know that, like, I didn't start doing personal development work and working on my money mindset and doing all this <laughs> stuff and like listening to affirmations and, you know, like all of the like push-ups that you do in the personal development world. I didn't know that that's what it was preparing me for, but I was so clear in that moment. Like, oh, oh, wait, hold on. Like I am prepared for this because I've been doing some of this work and I had just days before told the universe that my highest value was freedom. Wow. I was like, oh, this is going to give me the freedom that I want. And when I went at that point, it, it, what that meant to me was like, I, I really wanted emotional intimacy with my husband, which I didn't have. 
because he mm. was fucking other women. Sorry. Yeah. Not a curse. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Um, I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I say that very brass, brassly. I have deep respect for my ex. He is a great father. He's not here to defend himself. There's always three sides to every story. His, hers, yeah. the truth, right? Let's yeah. just say all of those things that we need to say. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I very much like there was no emotional intimacy. I had three kids under the age of three. He was out building a huge brand. We were both working at Nike at the time and uh he was doing his work and and traveling and all that stuff and you know he had a lot of he had a lot of emotional baggage that he brought into our marriage and i had a lot of wounding mm-hmm. not being willing to stand up for my boundaries and recognize all of the baggage that he was bringing in you know the red flag so it was this like kind of co-creative codependency that we had we had built so I played just as so much a part of it as he did. Mm. And I knew that. Mm. And so, uh, because I could have easily just said, no, sorry, you can't be out till two o'clock in the morning. No, sorry, yeah. you can't be doing this. Right. So there was behaviors that I was not standing. It wasn't that I was condoning them. I just wasn't standing up for myself because mm-hmm. I didn't have the courage because I was so afraid of being rejected by the man who was already rejecting me. Yes. <laughs> so- some of this is, is more like, I am aware of it in hindsight yes. now that I've done much deeper work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on a subconscious level and also a conscious level, I just very clearly understood that this was a pathway to create deeper connection with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is going to force us into therapy. Once I kind of got my wits about me, I never really flew off the handle. It's just not my jam. Like yeah. I don't do drama. Like It's just, it's just not my jam. Yeah. I will yell at you if you piss me off all that stuff, but I'm just not a like throw all of that stuff. Also, I was a life coach at the time. So I was like, I need to high vibe my way through this. Like it's all good. (laughs) Like, yes. And I will say, even at, when I spoke at that event, I was still in that space. Mm. Right. So while I spoke as authentically as I possibly could. I also had this kind of tinge of all of this is happening for me. It's all working for me. Mm. Now the don't, don't you dare feel sorry for me. Was that because I knew that Francis Weller says, never waste a good divorce, never waste a good fight, never waste a good death. Don't Mm. waste those moments that invite you into the pain and the grief and all that stuff. Mm. And so I had an awareness around that. I hadn't started doing the work until honestly COVID and everything shut down. And I read Glennon Doyle's Love Warrior. Ooh, I haven't read this. Oh, girl. (laughs) Okay, ordering it. I mean, it's already ordered. It's it's, so Untamed had just came out. Yes, I read that. I couldn't get my hands on it. Um, and so I was just like, Amazon sent me a love warrior. I must've ordered it. I was like, okay, I'll read her other book. I hadn't really re- engaged with much of her writing yet. And so I read love warrior the first week of COVID everything shuts down. We were just talking about like the world shutting down yes. before we press record. And I read this book and I'm like, holy shit, this woman shares her truth. So incredibly well, mm-hmm. like so intoxicatingly well that I love her even more for it because I feel less alone now. Oh, her husband cheated on her. I'm not alone. And so there was this like 
kind of like, I always wanted to be authentic on social media, but there was definitely parts of my story. I wasn't ready to tell. I wasn't even healed or had begun the healing for. Yes. And so, so I guess to, cause I know this could go so many different ways and I want to take, take it to all the ways, but I guess to answer your question first is like, how did I take that responsibility in the moment? Yes. I just knew that in order to grow my life in order to really just, um, have a life that I wanted, that I was in the driver's seat from, I had to take radical responsibility for myself Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. I was experiencing. And so I also believe in law of attraction. I also believe that we call in experiences to help prepare us to be the people that we want, want to be for what we're calling in. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew that I had called in this experience for a reason. I just knew it. It was yep. like this, like, I know, like, I know, like, I know it mm-hmm. sucks, mm-hmm. Look, it mm-hmm. sucks, mm-hmm. but I know that it's working for me. And so I sat in that space. And so part of that talk too, the biggest piece of it that I wanted people to take away from is like, it's okay to be a beautiful pa- masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Yes. And so, yeah, I just stood on that stage, like fully owning that story. I actually, even after that, I didn't really talk, I didn't talk about any of this until really on my public platforms, like socials and on my podcast until our divorce was final. Yeah. So it was like a three and a half year unraveling of yes. our marriage. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that sentiment still rings true of just like, yeah, of course I take radical responsibility for all of the things, mm-hmm. but, um, even in that was like, I knew that this was going to be something that changed my life an experience that changed my life. And if I was willing to use it and it at first just use it as a way to create or at least explore if we could create any sort of emotional intimacy, ultimately that's why we got divorced is because we couldn't, Yeah, I wasn't the safe space for him. And, you know, he wasn't willing to create that within himself and we couldn't get anywhere and therapy mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And finally I was just like, you know, I stayed for my kids. And then in the end I left for them. I was just like, mm-hmm. screw this. Like, I'm not, I'm not me. I'm, this is not how I want to show up. Um, so I started doing all this work, which was the gateway to my freedom. I was, <laughs> and I'm not saying like, yes. freedom from him. I'm saying my emotional freedom yes. of who, whoever, regardless of who comes into my orbit, into my ecosystem, like I am free. <laughs> my yes. favorite quote, or one of my favorite things. And I say this to my current partner all the time. I'm like, I'd rather be free and in love than be right. Like, yes. I do not need to be right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I often use that phrase in a different way as well, which is just like, would I rather be happy or would I rather be right? But I like yours a little, your twist a little bit more. How I love that you were saying to me a little bit before this was that you value freedom over everything. Yeah. Everything. And little did I know how little freedom I was giving myself when I was going through divorce and before that, before that, ultimately the lack of freedom I was giving myself contributed to, I think that, that, um, taking ownership, that radical responsibility is understanding how you're contributing to your life circumstances, to your life experiences, to everything that you see around you. You've played some part in it. Yeah. 
some part in it. Your energy was involved in some way, mm-hmm. shape or form in what you're looking at. Yeah. Right. 100%. I mean, uh, there's a, we just talked about this on our, our show the other day. Um, there's this Elizabeth Gilbert quote. I quote a lot of people. I, really I love quotes. I'm impressed <laughs> that you can remember so many. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was says something like greatest transformation starts begins with people who get tired of their own bullshit. That's it. And for me, like I, so this was my second marriage. I got married really young and mm-hmm. we were like, what did we do? Okay. High five. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a little more in depth than that, yeah, but, yeah. um, but I, I was like, I'm the common denominator in all of these relationships that aren't working. Like, Hey, maybe I should be looking at how I'm playing a role in this yes. because it was really easy. Like in, in situations like cheating, yes. it's really easy to be like, you did this. Yes. You did like, yes. he did it. Yes. However. And I like, I also knew that him doing it had nothing to do with me. Right. Because he had emotional shit that he hadn't like just years, generations of stuff that he hadn't sifted and sorted through big T trauma. I, I want to repeat that for our listeners, because I think a lot of women listening have to remember that what he did has nothing to do with you. Yeah. You can, you can own a part of the experience and the relationship but that choice to make that decision doesn't have anything to do with you or what you do next. And I think a lot of times when people are in the thick of it, right. And it's especially when it's really fresh, it's easier to play the victim role Mm. and dive deep into the blame game and the victim role. than look at what's actually going on. How did you allow yourself to not be the victim in that space and time? Well, and, and what comes through for me, as you say this, and I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist by any means, but like what comes through for me anecdotally is that, uh, anytime I witness a friend, a client myself, uh, in this space of like either being in victim mode or, you know, taking on some sort of mode other than being response, taking responsibility it's because we're grasping for some level of control. Yes. And we know what that feels like. We know what that looks like. When I am in victim mode and this person did something to me, it's like, I've got the control. Everyone's mm-hmm. looking at me like, you okay? Mm-hmm. And then, so that's why it was like, when I said, you know, and, and this is kind of getting illuminated for me as, as we talk, like that's probably another part of it is that I've also witnessed a lot of friends in the victim role. And I'm like, yes. don't you dare feel sorry for me. I am not a victim here. I mm-hmm. am the co-creator of my experience. I played a part in this. Now, when I take stock of like, I really took stock, like, am I a bad wife? Am I not doing all the right things? Like, do I withhold sex? Do I withhold communication? Do I do like, uh, you know, I'd give myself a solid like B plus, <laughs> A minus for having three kids under the age of three and like, you know, operating. That's what I would give me. I honestly think he'd probably give me a better score than that. So like, yeah, from the standpoint of like, did I do anything wrong? No, but what I didn't do was stand up for myself. Mm. What I didn't do was create boundaries around my heart. What I didn't do was work on my emotional infrastructure so that I wouldn't abandon myself in those moments, Yes, you know, because in those, I just didn't, I didn't want to be rejected. 
I didn't want to be, I don't want him to, and also I didn't have the energy. I was like, I'm tired. I've got kids. I've got all like, it's a whole nother ball game here. I don't even have the energy to go find out who he's cheating on me with. I knew he was Yeah, I multiple friends. I'm like, I know he's cheating on me. I don't know who it's with. I don't know what's going on, but I know it's happening. Mm. And I know it'll just come to me when it's meant to come to me. So mm. yeah. Yeah. I think a huge part of taking personal responsibility in any situation. So let's say somebody listening is not divorced because I'm sure there are a lot of people are not and they're still looking how to take personal responsibility for their life, life, feel better in their life, reclaim their joy, move along, right? I think a huge part of taking your power back is taking that inventory, like you said. And even if you get a D minus, yeah, it's okay. Like yeah. to me, benchmarking is such an important part of our healing and growth process. And it's yes. okay to rate your levels of, uh, of your feelings and, and where you're at in your life to benchmark and go, okay, okay, I'm a D minus right now. Yeah. Yep. I can take a lot of ownership for yeah. where I'm at and what I see in all these things, whatever it is. And now what does it take for me to get a D and then yeah. a C and yeah. then a B and then an A, right? Like how can I practice my way into benchmarking better? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So my answer to that, even though I know it wasn't a question to me yeah. specifically, but is by building emotional intelligence. <laughs> Say more about that. What does that mean <laughs> for you? What does that mean for you? Oh, it means every, honestly, it's, yeah. it's everything. It's literally everything. So I, yeah. I think it's, it, it's really about like, one thing that I recognized is that, um, you know, after getting divorced and then starting to enter into the dating world, who, okay, well, there's all <laughs> your shit in one, one pile. Um, you know, like after, after the divorce, I, I dated a man for, I don't know, it was like five, six months and he, we had a great relationship and he was just fabulous. He was like this, I, I always envisioned him as this like beautiful man who rescued me from a burning building and then like brought me down to safety and was like, okay, that was beautiful. Thank you for that time. I had, I had one of those too for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was like a great relationship. We're actually still friends and, um, yeah, but it was in there that I just like really started looking at like, okay, what, why do I run so anxious? What is this feeling that like, if he's not reaching out to me, I, I need, I need to feel, cause I came out of a 10 year relationship right. where I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he was cheating on me, but I didn't like, I'm like, I'm married. Like we're, we've got a house, like we've got kids, like there is stability. So all of a sudden, all that certainty quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, is gone. And now I'm in the dating world and I'm just like, Oh, it's me and me again. Like shit. I guess I, I better, I guess I better start like working on me. So when I, when I talk about emotional infrastructure or emotional intelligence, there is this beautiful kind of thing. And I say this all the time, coming back to my, com coming home to myself, to me, it's really about having as much awareness as possible yeah. to the feelings that we feel. So Brooke Castillo says this, thoughts create feelings, feelings create emotion, emotion creates behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So if we yes. have something in our life that we want to change, well, we can just unpack that formula, right? I'm yes. getting, I'm getting a certain result in my relationship. I keep having this, <laughs> this, uh, conversation or, or this experience or this result. 
where do you, where, where do you go? You go to the emotions and you, then you go to the feelings and you go to thoughts. Right. So I just kind of like started working through that. I feel anxious right now. Why do I feel anxious right now? And when I feel anxious, I'm reaching out. And when I'm reaching out, he's pulling away. Mm. Why does that keep happening to me? So (laughs) I tend to run anxious. Uh, I have an anxious attachment style. Um, And so I started like doing the work. Okay. What am I feeling in this moment Mm. to make myself feel the need to reach out to him consistently? This is like so basic, but I'm just using this as an example. Um, like, why am I feeling the need for him to reach out to me? Because like, what if I, what, what am I feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling that it by him not reaching out to me, I, I'm not on his mind. He's not thinking about me. He doesn't Mm. like me. He doesn't love me. This doesn't happen. Right. You can use a scenario in literally anything. Yes. This is one of my favorites too. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go from the emotions to the feelings and then like the feeling, you know, cause feelings and emotions, uh, Brene Brown, uh, love Atlas. Oh Oh. my gosh. It is literally sitting on my desk right now. (laughs) I reference it like a million times. Okay. It is so good. I'm only like, I don't know, a couple hours in, um, I've I've been listening to it, but, uh, I love that. She just like talks about how feelings and and emotions are also nebulous. The core of what I got to though, and she gives great language tips on like how to name certain feelings, but the core of what I got to, as I really started doing this work was that I want to feel safe. I want to feel safe. Yes. And uh, what I'm doing is the root of everything. Oh my gosh. If you feel safe in your relationship and secure, right. Then you will open yourself up to incredible pleasure. You will open yourself up to deep emotional intimacy. You will open yourself up to, I mean, literally all of it, but everything we experience in other people is just a reflection of us. So if Mm -hmm. I really want my partner to feel that way, I need to create it in myself first. Yes. Again, I take radical responsibility for that. Now, one thing that I didn't really go into that I think is really important is I high vibed my way through my experience for years. Cause I just thought like it was my survival mechanism. Like it was just how I had to survive. Yes. I exercised my way through it. I just like signed up for every single half marathon and just tried to like, just run it out. Yep, exactly. And I would just be like, I, I'm like, quote cards on Instagram. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, people would be like, how's it going? I'm like, everything's good. I'm so high <laughs> And what I realized is that I was not, I had anger and yes. sadness yes. and grief. grief. Yeah. And all of these low vibrational emotions yes. that I was like, well, I can't, I'm not allowed to feel those because those are not high vibe. And yes. who, what kind of coach would I be? What kind of person would I be if I'm feeling sadness and anger and rage? Yeah. And I'm, I'm supposed, supposed to be in this constant, like neutral or better state, right? right? right. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a robot essentially. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't know that. So I thought I was just doing, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just, I'm so good. And then like inside I had all of these congested emotions. So emotions are energy in motion. They're literally energy that's trying to move through. So if you can't move through grief or sadness or anger or rage or any of those things, they're just going to congest. I mean, there's like literally congestive grief. If anyone out there is like, how, how, 
how do I move through it? Yes. Francis Weller's work changed my wife, life, mm. not my wife, my life. Mm. Um, he has a book called the wild edge of sorrow and it is a beautiful, and it's not just grief about it's it, we're talking grief about like the shame that we carry around in our bodies about our bodies. We're talking grief around, yeah, death and losing friends and things like that, losing friendships. We're talking about like every iota of thing that can cause grief in our life and how to process it. Beautiful. The biggest thing was that I was like, oh shit, there's stuff here. I need to process it, right? I need to actually lean in. Yes. And I create beautiful ceremony for my feelings now. Oh, like I love that. before we even got on this call a couple hours ago, I got triggered this morning by my partner. He said some <laughs> things that I did not like him to say. And it took me into some sad spaces and I had to literally, I mean, and I, I just need, I was like, whoa, there's emotion coming through. I'm crying. And he's like, good, lean into it. Like, get it out. If this is triggering you, like get it out. Um, so I just got into the shower and I literally took myself to some of the most painful moments that I've had. Just, I just kind of followed my thoughts. I was like, why am I feeling this way? What is this bringing up to, to, to me? What do I want to say to him? Like, what is my rebuttal? Like, how do I want to defend myself? Or how do I want to uh, illuminate what I'm experiencing? And I took myself to some of these more painful moments with my ex and why I am the way I am or why I'm operating in some ways and still letting trauma kind of affect me in some other ways. Cause Hey, it doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like some game that you, you, uh, you know, beat and it's never there. It's going to show up all the time and yeah. invite you into even more freedom. So mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I sit in the, in the shower and I sit in ceremony, like water, I'm a cancer, I'm a water sign. So water means things to me. So like when I'm at the sink and washing dishes or anytime I'm near water, I take deep breaths and plant my feet and just like be, come back into my body. And I just was in the shower and I'm like, okay, I need to feel these things. And I just imagined the grief and the sadness coming through. I let it fall down my face. Mm. I become a safe harbor for it. I just am like, yeah, okay, cool. Like this is here. It's real. I'm feeling it. It's not going to kill me. It's not going to overtake me. It is this emotion. And what I can do, I had this ping about love today too. What I can do is then I take it and I'm a fucking sorceress. And I'm like, mm. all of a sudden this grief, cause this is energy. If it doesn't if it doesn't work through you, it's either going to stay in you or it's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I have the opportunity to now alchemize it into love, mm. alchemize it into fun, play, joy, uh, yes. anticipation. Right. Um, and, and so the way that I do that is I go, okay, grief. What are you here to teach me? Yes. Where do, where do I need extra healing? Where do I need some extra love? And how can I create that for me in the moment? Mm -hmm. You know, everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So the best relationship you can work on is the one between you and you, because when you do, and you really, every, knowing that everything starts with emotion, when you do, you create deeper capacity to not only support other people and know that what they're experiencing has nothing to do with you. It literally doesn't. You might trigger them, but that trigger is their shit, right? You might say something that triggers them, but that's their stuff that they're working through. So you have deeper capacity for empathy and kindness and compassion mm -hmm. 
for mm-hmm. them, but you also have deeper capacity to hold yourself in the moment. Like when my partner this morning said all these things to me, I was just like, okay, I'm safe. I'm supported. I got me. Everything's fine. He's, these are just words. Yeah. I am just like, I'm feeling emotion come up. I think I need a little space. I don't want to respond from a space of feeling defensive. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Like the mm-hmm. words that are coming out of my mouth are me saying, Hey, you, you hit a boundary. I'm okay, but I'm going to go in the shower and think about this for a minute before I respond and say something I don't want to say. Yeah. I'm not running a pattern anymore. I'm not running anything. I'm like, I stepped out of the fucking matrix and here I am taking ownership over my emotions mm. and um, able to communicate better and take a different action and have a more hearty conversation because I'm not speaking from a trigger and saying stuff I don't want to say. Mm. And I'm actually, you know, engaging with my experience, taking ownership for who I am and how I'm showing up first and my emotions. Like, hey, I just need a minute. I just need to be, all I'm hearing from you right now is that I am too much. And so I need a minute to go get in the shower and kind of wash this off. <laughs> Yeah. That's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful permissioning too. That's something I had to teach myself and love myself through was where do I need permission? What do I need permission for? Do I need permission to take a break, take a beat? Do I need permission to go on a walk? Do I need permission to cry? Do I need permission to rage? Do I need like, what do I need permission for in this moment? And sometimes we just need to stop and ask ourselves, what do I need that permission for? Yeah. You know, I love that. There's a big difference, um, between, you know, there's, there's a lot of like self-care self-love. Like, I think there's a big, I did a whole podcast episode on this a while back when I was like fully single and just like really kind of leaning into all of this Mm. work. Um, I still lean into it, but I, now I have a relationship context that it's like illuminating so many different things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did, I did this conversation or I just started a conversation around, like, there's a difference between self-love and loving oneself, Mm. right? Like everyone thinks like self-love, I'm going to take a bath. And that it's like, yeah, those things are great. But do you actually know yourself? Yeah. Like if you were in a relationship with somebody, if you just started dating someone, you'd be asking them questions. You're curious about what they like. You're curious about all of their habits yet we don't do that with ourselves. Yes. So it's like, how do you even know what you want in a relationship? Mm. If you don't know yourself, how do you even know what you want in your business? If you don't know yourself, if you can't even understand hear what the voice that's trying to like that still small voice, that's trying to guide you that intuition, that connectedness to source. How do you even know what it sounds like? If you're so busy listening to all the other chatter. That is so important. I was just looking back at what you said because I wrote it down. Never waste a good divorce. I know that I didn't waste my divorce Mm -hmm. because I became the woman I actually fell in love with. I didn't love myself when I was in that marriage. And it wasn't because of him. It was because of me. That's the radical responsibility and ownership that I decided to take after I got divorced, jumped head first into all this, what we call the work, that emotional intelligence work. Right. And what I realized is I I can't waste this. This is, this pain is here on purpose. I have to figure out what that purpose is. And it doesn't always mean becoming a divorce coach coach when you get divorced or, you know, it doesn't always, it's not always linked and synced in that way, but what is it? 
Does it just allow you, not just, but does it allow you to actually become the person that you're madly, deeply, obsessively in love with? Well, okay. So I would use a different word there. I don't know that I would say it would allow you. It would invite you to, it would invite you to, but you are the one who has to take the red pill. (laughs) Ooh, that's so true. I love that. It's so important because Mm -hmm. like, it'd be so easy for me to be like, no, fuck that guy. He did this to me. I'm going to take him to the cleaners and I'm going to do all these other things, you know, like, and I'm going to take that into my next relationship and no guy's going to ever like fuck me up again. And I'm going to put all my trust issues on my next partner and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I honestly like would venture to say that if I really loved myself, if I really loved myself, I don't know that I would, if I had loved myself in the beginning of the relationship, mm-hmm. like really, and had a, a good foundation with myself, yeah. I wouldn't have ended up divorced. I wouldn't right. have ended up in that relationship to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would have put my foot down uh, the first red flag or the 17th red flag. Totally. <laughs> Totally. I think there's something else that I want to pull forward. And I'm curious what you think on this. Yeah. And that is the other part of what I figured out about myself is that I was so afraid to be alone. I was in my thirties. I was kind of like, Oh, and I laugh now because I'm turning 40 this year. I was in my thirties and I was just like, Holy smokes. Oh, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, you know, it's, it's too late to start over. I mean, oh no one's, all these, all these things. And what I realized after I started doing all this work was I'm now at a point where I'm actually not afraid to be alone. Oh yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid to lose this person that I'm with right now, who I love so freaking much. Like oh. I've, we have a beautiful, beautiful relationship because I have a beautiful, beautiful relationship with myself and I'm no longer afraid to say what I mean, mm-hmm. to set those boundaries, to be real, to be authentic, to speak my truth, um, to make decisions, to, to be alone, to take trips by myself, all those things, yeah. to say what I want, to say what I need. Um, Cause I'm not afraid of losing anything. I'm not, I'm not afraid of losing him specifically mm. in this relationship. Cause okay. I know I can stand it alone. I, okay. So I love that. And I, I, there's parts of that, that I completely agree with. Like I love myself. I have learned to love my solitude. I was scared shitless. In fact, like we talk about our podcast is called, this feels important. I remember the very first time I sat in my house in Oregon first night, no kids, no husband, fully divorced, like sitting at the table, made my, I didn't even have a dog. Like I, it was just me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make myself a nice dinner yes. and I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to turn on some good music. I'm not going to anesthetize my grief and sadness mm-hmm. with some sort of distraction, like alcohol or phone or food, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just made myself a nice meal. And I just sat down there and I was like, this feels really important. <laughs> This feels really important. And over time I've learned, I have definitely learned that I love myself. I travel alone. I've traveled around the the world alone. Like I love my solitude. I to a point now where I'm just like, I don't know if I want to bring someone into this. (laughs) Now, something that you said that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Is that like, 
on the whole, am I afraid to lose my partner? No, I know that if I do, I know what it looks and feels like to engage with, um, uh, you know, my solitude again and, mm-hmm. and go through a breakup and navigate those feelings and all of that stuff. I was really scared of that in the beginning. That's really now fair like, too, to point out that I actually am probably less afraid because I've been through it. And before yeah. I didn't, I hadn't been through it. So that's important. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what you don't know. So yeah. like the first time I was just, I mean, the, the first breakup wallops me like, oh yeah. Wallops like it was a month of crying and and it was such a beautiful breakup like we just loved each other so much and just cared about each other so much and it just it yeah it just but it kicked my ass um and it invited me into some of the deepest 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 work I mean that's when I started doing breath work and bringing more of a somatic experience into my into my life Because one thing I'll say too, for any intellectuals out there, (laughs) I am a very mindy person. I live in my head, hence why I have an anxious attachment style. I also love to make meaning out of things that don't, that don't like it's just such, yeah, so much has happened. uh, So much happens up in my mind that I started like, okay, I need a somatic experience. So I got into breath work Mm -hmm. and um, really doing like full holistic healing of like, fully being present in the present moment, which is where we're so scared to be. That's where all the pain lives. And so we anesthetize with phones and social media and food and alcohol and friends and distractions and sex. And I mean, literally all the things. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I felt a really full, full, a full call to presence. And when I was in that presence, I created this beautiful relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that now I love my solitude, but what I wanted to say was that in like, I still am so scared to share what I need. Cause something that you're saying, you're like, I don't care. Like, I'll say what I need. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll have all these conversations. I'll stand up for myself. Like it is a muscle. I am still building. It is mm. deep rooted trauma and mm. I'm doing a better job and I communicate it early. Hey, this is something I struggle with. I am a partner pleaser. I struggle Ah. with my emotions, Uh, like communicating my emotions because I'm so afraid that you're going to reject me. And so this is like a a thing that Mm. I'm still working through. So I also know because emotions are just data that if I do start feeling afraid to say what I need to say, that is my invitation to say it like, oh, shit, that's beautiful. Right. It's like, uh, Mark Groves, one of my favorite relationship Mm. experts, he always, uh, he has a couple quote cards that float around, but one of them is if a truth burns down a relationship, that relationship was never meant to exist in the first place. So yes. like if me speaking my truth, even though it's scary as shit burns down the relationship, well, I don't want that person to begin with. So like, what am I so afraid of? But again, like this is such a deep rooted pattern, a deep rooted muscle of mine that mm-hmm. it's, it, I'm still learning. So yeah, thank you for sharing that part yeah. of it because I think that's really important. The other thing that I think of in those moments, because I, uh, I it's funny, I did a TikTok yesterday um, on people pleasing. There's like a song floating around TikTok right oh, now, people pleasers, and it's super cute. But um, one of the things that I think about is what would, like, what is my, what would I want from my partner? Yeah, and I want my partner to always tell me what they need. Yeah, and, and even though. 
I may not be able to provide that, or I may not be interested in providing that. There's like so many different avenues. Here. Right. Right. <laughs> it's so like, I, I absolutely want to know where you're at, where are you at? And so I had, I've had to remind myself of that is that if I want my partner to share his needs with me, then when those moments of, uh, of fear kind of pop up around it, I just go, okay, like if I desire this from him, then I get to share that on the other side, on the flip side. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we are, we are definitely, everything is just a mirror for us. Totally. Like everything, everybody we experience, we're all just kind of like walking mirrors, like here, I'm going to show you your shit. <laughs> um, and so it's always just an invitation to, yeah, like show up the way that you want to be treated, but also like release any sort of expectations that they're going to like get you know, like be able to, to do that in their own capacity because everyone's so different. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I totally, I, I 100% resonate with that. I think it's, it, it's one of those things that I am going to constantly be, be, it's funny. Cause it's not so much it's not on the little, like, I don't really care. Like, what are we gonna eat for dinner? I don't care. Like, let's just have whatever, like whatever makes you happy. I'm happy with, but if you choose Chinese food, I don't want that. Like, you yeah. know, like I'll, I'll, I'll say my opinion and I'm happy to, you know, yeah. and then on the big things like values and mm. family and like the non-negotiables so clear, so happy to stand up for what I need. It's on the like medium things <laughs> that I found. It's on the like, um, you know, like, do we need a label or not? Like we have all of the other things in our relationship. You know, it's like, it's in those things that like, no, this is actually important to me. This is really important to me. It's mm. hard for me to say that stuff because I can also see his point of view and hear what he, you know, it's like, it's those medium things that it's like, could this make or break it? Like, could this, mm. it's like, but I'm super clear that it doesn't, it won't make or break it. It's like eh, easy uh, if it, uh, or uh, like that it will make or break it. It's like easy. Like, I don't, I don't want to date you if you're not cool with kids. I got three kids. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause I get the question a lot. Um, do you want to get married again? Mm. And I have practiced Carrie, uh, <laughs> so much embodiment work. I became a breathwork facilitator last year. Oh, I believe yeah. in it wholeheartedly. I do it so much with my clients and myself. I actually just did breathwork instead of taking a shower. I got in and did breathwork before yes. our call because I wanted to just be here with you in all of me and also practice so much embodiment work and visceral knowing. And visceral knowing yeah. is that like, heck yes, heck no, or yes, yes, no, no. All of that. What does it feel like in my body to know the answer to that? And I'm wondering if this is what you mean as kind of those medium situations mm. where I, my medium situation is when it's really, and I'm wondering, as I say it out loud to you, if it's just kind of like a take it or leave it for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's a take it or leave it for me, or if I just am not a point, it's just at a point where I'm not deciding just yet. I'm still understanding what that looks like and feels like for me. And yeah. so bringing it up without that clear, without that clarity, yeah. um, doesn't feel safe, goes back to safety. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that is, if how that resonates with you on that medium ground. Yeah. I think there is so much, um, if you were to ask some of my best and closest friends, um, they it's anytime I bring something to them, like, Hey, this is what I'm working through. What would you do? They're like, I'd be fucking out. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm not ready for that. 
Like there's yeah. still more date. I'm more curious. I'm curious. Like yes. I want to know more. They're, like I'm not clear yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I am clear, then it's like, okay, cool. I can communicate it, all that stuff. If I'm ga- if I'm still data gathering and mm. trying to understand all points of view and everything, I'm a strategist by trade. And so I'm, if I'm trying to understand all the ways to the solution, it's like, I, yeah, I totally resonate with that. I, I feel yeah. like there is like, if I'm not clear yet and I'm still unsure of which way I want to go, I will wish I will be wishy-washy. And I won't stand up for what I need. And I won't even just, I just won't even say like, I'm not clear, but I'm really struggling with it. And I want clarity. That was something I actually said today. I'm like, I am unclear and I want clarity. And your wishy-washy is making me wishy-washy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm taking on your wishy-washiness. I don't want that. I don't want to take that on. Oh my gosh. You know what? I have, I have so many questions for you. Yeah. Um, This one really popped up the other day because I have a lot of clients who are just getting started in this healing work. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that comes up is like, what gets you out of bed when you're in that grief and you're in that new, new, fresh wounded, wounded process, whether maybe you just lost a job that you really love and you don't understand it, or you lost a relationship, any kind of loss, right? Like what gets you out of bed besides your, besides your three adorable boys? Yeah. How do you show up for yourself every day when you're first starting out after a loss? And then also like today, like now, maybe yeah. it's the same, maybe it's different. Yeah. Well, coffee gets me out of bed. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> I go to bed so I can have coffee in the morning. <laughs> Something to look forward to though. That's real. You know, it, we, it, honestly, so I pour my coffee, like I have all the ceremony around my coffee, I French press and do all this stuff. Me and then um, I sit down and I put on Abraham Hicks oh, and beautiful. I listen to Abraham Hicks and whatever I'm feeling, I'll just search on YouTube. Like mm. I need help <laughs> yeah. and it recalibrates me and it helps me get back into anticipation. I, I said earlier, I believe in law of attraction. So I understand that if I want to call in everything that I want and I take radical responsibility for everything that I am, I need to clean up my vibration as much as possible. Ooh. And so, um, yeah, I start my day with that. Now, five minutes later, I might be back in the shame spiral. I might be doing yeah. 17 other things. Like it, it might last for one minute. It also yes. might last for an entire day, an entire month, an entire year. I just what gets me out of bed? I I think of anticipation of knowing all of the incredible things that are on their way to me. Mm. I just know it. Like I I know, like I know, like I know, like everything I want is already here. And all I have to do is line myself up with it. I just have to become the person that can see it. If everything's a mirror for us, like I just got to be be the person who can like get in front of it and actually see it and be able to recognize it when it shows up. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so what do I need to do to that? Do that. I mean, and I think it's also like on the real shit days, cause there's lots of them. I just honor the shit days and I give myself the space to just like, I mean, listen, I was crying hard today and had to jump on a client call with 15 clients and like talk about getting on people's podcasts. Like yeah. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to talk about with tears in my eyes. Thankfully I wear these big old glasses that hide my, my red eyes. Honestly, like they're super red from crying. Oh today. my gosh. And uh, you know, I don't want to do that, but also like helping others helps me. So I think there's mm. something to be said for having a routine 
like just having some predictability, especially when everything in your life feels out of control. We talked about this a little bit ago, having something that you can control a knowing of this is the path that I'm going to take every single day. I get up, I have my coffee. I can rely on feeling really good after I listen to that sometimes for five minutes, sometimes for 50 minutes, sometimes for five hours. Mm, Yes. And I now have all these tools in my toolbox to know, okay, on the weeks that I have my boys, I then get into pancake mode and lunch mode and we go to school. And then I have a little bit of space before my work starts and everything else. So I know the moments throughout the day where I can infuse a conversation with a friend, a, yeah, 10 minutes of breath work, uh, a, an orgasm. I mean, like, yes. whatever it is. Yes. Whatever <laughs> you know? your pleasure is, like yeah. pleasure is such a big conversation. Whatever your pleasure oh is, move in that direction. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So like, whatever it is that I need in that, you know, like I just, I just give myself permission. Like you talked yeah. about like, okay. And then I have awareness around like, trusting myself when I am in a soft space and creating, you know, if I'm in a soft space of just like sadness or grief, and it's just like, it's moving through, like, I'm not going to trust half the things that I do (laughs) or say, (laughs) right. It's not the time for me to like go live on Instagram and build a business. Okay. It is the time for me to turn on Netflix and chill (laughs) or read a book or know your needs. Yeah. And your needs. And this goes back to knowing self, but this is like, it's like, it's, I'm not going to go like, and also like everything doesn't always have to be about growth. Like it doesn't always have to be about like emotional intelligence. It doesn't always have to be about whatever, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, while I do do a lot of that, I actually found my way into music this year and like started DJing and messing around with music. I love that. Yes. And follow Carrie just for her great playlist on Spotify. (laughs) I'm always like, ooh. Yep. Like that one, like that one. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I just like, uh, I just found my way into that. I go to a lot of concerts solo. Like I do, yeah. I do a lot of these things that I'm just like, oh man, what do I really want to do? Like I now have this freedom to be exactly who I want to be. I don't have any relationship context telling me I need to be anything else, but me, who do I need? Who do I want to become? And so it's in those moments, like, what are the things that bring me joy right now? Sometimes it's a piece of chocolate. Other times yeah. it's playing with music. Other times it's calling up friends. Other times it's just like sitting in my jammies and watching a movie. Other times it's going surfing. Other times it's like, how can I fill up my love tank? Yes. So I am so full and don't need anyone else to fill it up for me. Mm. I love that so much. I call it a joy bank. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I believe our bodies are banks and yeah. we're always making withdrawals and deposits. And if we can figure out what those withdrawals and with deposits look like into our system, we will, we will be able to nurture ourselves on a regular, right. And just feel it all. I want to touch a little bit on, um, on what you just said, which is like going to concerts alone and all those kinds of things It took me a long time to get there. And still, sometimes I'm like, it would be more fun with more people, but I, I, I'm willing. Um, but I've been seeing you do a bit of solo travel at the beginning of this year. And I'm curious if there are any themes or lessons that you learned that you wanted to share. Oh, I just fucking rock. I just like, love me. I don't know. It's so (laughs) traveling alone. I, I, 
I don't know if I am just a freaking care bear and like, I mean, I get raptured by sunsets Mm. and clouds and different textured walls. And like, Mm. I just see beauty in so many incredible things on the daily, the ordinary, there is just so much beauty. And I don't know if this is just something that I, I just have always, it feels more alive in me over the course of this last year. Cause what, Mm. what else, what's my other choice? Like, I don't know, not see it. I don't know. Like I want to see it. I want to experience it. Like I want to be in my moment and experience life as fully as I can. Cause all I have is right now. So I stare at the sky and I go to sunset. Like when I don't have my boys, even when I have them, but like typically when I don't have my boys, I'm at the sunset every single night. Yes. When I lived there, I was like, I am doing this. It was every night. It was every night. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, I just really know, like, I just want to engage with my experience in a beautiful way and see what comes through and be connected to all of the creative life source, which is God, your version of God, universe, source, energy, whatever you want to call it, Buddha, all of it. And the fastest way I can do that is in play. Mm. When I am in gratitude and play and surrender. And I love traveling alone because I'm just like, what's going to happen? like what magical things are going to happen to me today. And that's how I enter into the experience. Like, cool. I'm also very street smart. Like, like you could have put me in the middle of New York city when I was 10 years old and I would have got home. No self. I believe that. I believe that. Like I I will find out. So I'm very street smart. And I know that, um, like I'm very resourceful and I know that. So I do not fear. I don't have anxiety about things that are going to happen to me. There's like maybe once or twice that I'm just like, who, maybe I shouldn't go on a date with a guy from Bumble in (laughs) (laughs) Portugal because like they, yeah, I had had one moment that I was just like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have let him drive me home. Uh, (laughs) But I just, I, but I also was just like, I'm good. I got this. Like I got my locator on, you know, like, so I, I don't know. I think there's, there's this part of me that's just like, I want to experience it all. I want to experience the juiciness and nectar of life. And I know that, that putting myself in places and spaces that reflect back to me, just how resourceful I am, just how beautiful this life is, just how fun this really could be. It Mm -hmm. just is more context for me to fuel in my moments where I am having a shit day and want to just sit in the couch and be sad and, and sit with my grief. I also go, Oh yeah. You know, it's totally, you know, grief and joy can live in the same space. hundred percent, you know? So it's like, I can do this and this I can, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, why not? Like I go to these concerts by myself and I'm just like, yeah, this is so fun. I get to, um, I get to, you know, really just enjoy my life. Sorry. I just got a text message that just like threw me off. (laughs) Well, I love to say, I don't just want to enjoy. I want to be in joy. Like you can enjoy things and you can be in joy, but a big part of what I believe is that you have to believe it's possible. 
when you kept saying like, I just know, I just know, I just know, I just know what my brain says is like, I choose to believe, I choose to believe, I choose to believe, I choose to believe. And a big part of my self-discovery and divorce recovery was like choosing to believe that my life was going to be better. Choosing to believe that I would reclaim my joy, choosing to believe that I would create a version of me that I was even more proud of and more in love with and bring all those things to the forefront. There's a song by India, India Ari, I think, I think it is. And it's, and she says in the chorus, I wonder how life will surprise me today. And I listen to that song almost every morning to literally remind myself I wonder how life will surprise me today. Um, And if you can go out with like these, these mantras, if you will, or thought patterns or belief systems, like, I wonder how life will surprise me today. When you said going to all these solo adventures and things, it reminded me of um, a little thing that I invented when I finally decided to get up off the bathroom floor and start actually moving forward with my life. It was a conscious decision to, I got sick and tired of laying on that floor crying because it happened a lot, like every night, like every night. And finally I was like, I have to do life differently. So instead of coming home and lying on the bathroom floor, I decided, and this is why sunsets in California are so special and sacred to me. I decided to go be present with the beach underneath my feet, mm-hmm. just no headphones, no nothing. Just, I didn't even need my thoughts. I just witnessed the beauty in front of me and knew that so much more was possible. So much beauty, so much joy, so much peace, yeah, so much presence was possible. And I call that joy spotting. Yeah. And now when I'm having a day, I really believe what we focus on expands. And if I can choose to go joy spotting, I will find it. Yeah. I will find it in something. Yeah. I think if you expect miracles, they happen. Mm. Like it's like, if you walk around mm. now, I, are there moments where I'm like, I look through my partner's like, you look through life with rose colored glasses. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. These are rad glasses. Like, of (laughs) course I do. I expect the best of everyone. Does that mean I don't get that? I get disappointed at times. Of course. Absolutely. People are so fucking people. They're going to disappoint you. It just is what it is. (laughs) Like if I could not deal with people, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, but people are just people. And we're all just walking around you know, with our own experiences, the filters of our own experiences, doing the best that we can. Unfortunately, some of us have been given the tools and some of us haven't. And again, like, just like you were talking about, like we have choice. As long as I have breath in my lungs, I have choice. Ooh, yes. So it's like, I can either choose to look at this experience, kind of full circle back to my husband cheating on me and looking at this experience of shit, that just happened to me. That happened to me. Why did I deserve this? Why Mm. did this happen to me? Mm. I am such a good person. I've done all the right things. Like, why did this happen to me? Mm. Or I can say, how is this happening for me? Mm. What can I learn? What can I use? What can I, how can I be a vessel to help Mm. support other people? And something that you just so generously reflected back to me about my social media and things like that is that, you know, in my darkest times, cause there was a long time where I was just like alone, yeah. alone. I felt so alone. People don't talk about cheating Same. and infidelity and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like a lot of people don't talk about divorce. And this was, you know, four years ago where, where like influencers were just kind of becoming a thing. Like yeah. 
you know, all of these like perfect families with the perfectly timed <laughs> photos and all of that stuff equaled success and, mm-hmm. and all of that st- and all that. And I just felt so alone, but there were a few solitary people out there that were speaking truth. Mm-hmm. And I would go to social media because that was my tool at the time. And I would find, I would look at what they were saying and they would breathe life into me in their own way. Yes. And it wasn't that they were talking about infidelity or anything. Like they were just speaking authentically. They were being all of who they are. Mm-hmm. And it was giving me these like little micro moments of permission. Like, okay, I'm going to get there. I know I'm going to get there. I know one day I'm going to talk about, it. I'm going to use this right now. I'm just saying some shit, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> and it was just like these like micro invitations of like, just keep going, Ooh. keep going, keep going. You're good. You're good. You're so good. Like, remember that you are good. And when you remember that you're going to be fucking unstoppable. Mm. Yes. And so that's where I'm at now. I know I'm unstoppable. I've got lots of, lots of shit to figure out, but I also like, it's like, let's use these moments. Let's use this. Let's use it to alchemize your life, to change your life. You have choice. Yes. You have choice. You have multiple choices every day. You can either sit in your shit and take the time to do that. It is important. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. so important. But also, don't stay there too long because all of a sudden your shit starts smelling really good. <laughs> exactly. That's all you know. It's too normal. It, or horrible, it horrible too, analogy. Too common. <laughs> it's like too regular. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being those micro doses, if you will, (laughs) those micro doses of truth and authenticity. And thank you for taking your time to move into all of those spaces. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know that about you, that that you took two years before you actually started sharing publicly. And I think that that's so beautiful and so important and speaks volumes to the kind of healing that you've done with yourself. Mm-hmm. to process before you actually put it out there. Um, it, it's so easy to just like, just spew out the pain yeah. um, before you figure out what's true for you. And, and it's just, it's really important. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, I, I, I think we've had people in my life close to me that, that have said coaches and, and mentors and stuff that are just like, don't share what you haven't healed yet. Yes. Now, I don't think that you need to be completely healed, right? right. I'm not completely healed before I enter right. in a relationship. I'm not completely healed. Um, talking, it, it is a journey. It is a process, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I think that there are, are, there needs to be some sort of awareness around, right? Your intentions behind sharing it. And I didn't yes. want it to come across or be in any sort of space of like, I'm sharing this for attention or yes. whatever it is. Cause I didn't like, I said, I spoke on the stage and then I didn't say anything for a year, like literally mm-hmm. another year and a half until my podcast started. And it was just like, no, I just need to give you guys like the real honest truth. Yeah. Even if you listen that it's actually our most downloaded episode to date, where I talk about like the actual fracture of our marriage and everything else, you know, like the way I talk about it. And I have been writing a book for a really long time. Maybe one day it'll be done. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I talked about it. I even alluded to it in the beginning. It's like, there's three sides to every story. There's his side, her side, and the truth. Like I am not here to, he had his own experience. He experienced this so much differently than I did. Um, and like, I don't, there's, there's sadness and there's anger. There's, there's, I want to say that there's no judgment. Eh, I kind of judge him still. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and there, you know, like I, I'm doing the work around it, but yeah. like, again, like I would rather be free than be right. Mm. And holding on to any of those emotions does me no good at all. This is so powerful. So many golden nuggets, so much healing in this podcast. I am so moved by our conversation. We could, you could come back anytime that you yes. want to talk about anything. I mean, we could talk about a million other things, but I know, right? thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you so, so much welcome. for sharing. Where can people find you to get more carry in their life? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Instagram is my drug of choice. I'm on there <laughs> as underscore Carrie Jean, K-A-R-I-J-E-A-N. I wasn't really sure. My last name is Kate Keating. My middle name is Jeanette. So during the divorce, I was like, do I keep Keating? Even though that's my kids' names, like, I, I'm like, I need to land on a name that I can like build a brand behind if I ever yes. decide to do that again. And so yes. I just went with Carrie Jean. Love it. Um, so Carrie Jean on Instagram and then yeah, me and my bestie Tori Doobie, we have a podcast called this feels important on all the podcasting platforms. We were both building businesses, both of our lives and marriages fell apart and none of us were talking about it. So we started talking about all the stuff. So we talk about sex, psychedelics, uh, navigating miscarriages, pregnancy, you know, infidelity. I mean, we literally talk about it, all the things that feel important. Yes. Um, so this is we so jam. good. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go binge it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I think we have like 40 episodes, something like that. Now, um, we took a little mm. bit of a hiatus for a while, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a labor of love. We, we love having those conversations and, um, we're so grateful for anyone who listens and thank you, Heidi. I am so grateful for you. And, you know, I, I've loved sharing this space with you and I know I talked a lot, but I am, I mean, that fateful day, however many years ago at bliss project, gosh, to think of how much we've accomplished and who we've become in these last uh, wow. you know, however many years, like such an honor to know you and witness that. So thank you for having me as a part wow. of this conversation. I it agree. is a pleasure and a treasure. I'm so grateful for you. I'm sending you all the love as you continue to journey <laughs> your journey with joy and beyond. And to all of our listeners, don't forget to go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourselves healthy. Have a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own jump to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.